workplace, awesome to talk hunting. Anywhere out of the workplace, everybody's like, looks at me like I've got a third eye or something. They're like, what are you talking about? And I explained to him, I was like, yeah, we eat the bear. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. So I was kind of like, hey, God, I hate her. I'm doing something right. <laughs> it was like one of those things, you know, you just, your heart just sinks down into your stomach. And uh, I was super bummed. He glasses up to the left of us. And he goes, Justice, there's a bear, there's a bear. I was like, what? And he's like, come down here. There's a bear. <laughs> I'm going into my senior year of high school. So I was like, this is like really the last archery season that I get to, to hunt really, really hard. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey y'all, welcome to episode 107 of Living Country in the City. Are y'all on to today's episode? On my way to Wichita, Kansas for the Professional Outdoor Media Association Conference, I made a little stopover in Denver, Colorado, went to No Limits Archery, and did some shooting with my good buddy Justice Nielsen. I've known Justice for a few years now, and guys, Justice is an awesome hunter. He's got some really cool stories to tell y'all. So I sat down with him, and we had a good time just chatting about hunting. So hope y'all enjoy episode 107 with Justice Nielsen. Well, here we are. I am exhausted after driving eight hours, and then uh, we went and tried to fling a little bit of carbon in the wind, and that kind of sucked. Heck yeah, the wind the wind messes with you. But yeah, I'm back uh, upstairs again at uh, No Limits Archery. In the one Colorado. and only. The one and only. But uh, different guest this time, I have Mr. Justice Nielsen. Yep. Had a moment. I forgot your last name for a second. Um, at least I at least I got it right. Here with Mr. Justice Nielsen on the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I uh, I appreciate it for sure. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good chat. <laughs> so always like to start out with uh, what got you started in like hunting the outdoors. How did you 
how did you get going in all of this? So my dad has always hunted, but he's always been a rifle hunter. Um, and like, honestly, since I can remember, I had, I had wanted to go hunting with my dad and, uh, the first hunt that I can really remember with him, I was I was five, and he he had a deer tag, and I went on a deer hunt with him. He shot a just a little four corn buck, and um, that I, as soon as that happened, I was like, this is something that I that I need to do. And then um, you know, as I got older, all I did was study like the regulation books and everything, and I could basically tell you every <laughs> word front to back before I was even legally allowed to hunt, just because I was so so excited about it and uh i had buddies that hunted and then i started seeing guys bow hunting and i was like okay that seems that seems pretty cool and now pretty much all i do is bow hunt i don't have a single rifle tag this year all of my i'm gonna have four or five more hunts this year and they're every single one of them is is an archery tag and i mean it's just my dad is really what what got me started into hunting though so does he bow hunt at all? He does not. I try to talk him into it, and he's like, "Ah, no. Why would I want to get that close to something when I can <laughs> shoot it with a gun?" And I mean, everybody's got their own, uh, you know, their own cup of tea. But I, uh, I try to talk him into it, but he's not about it. <laughs> so I was trying to, I was trying to remember when we met. Was it, was it a total archery challenge when we originally met? I think so. Um, that like was two years ago. I think. Yeah, 2017 um, at Snowbird. I'm pretty sure because yeah. I'd followed you. I've probably followed you since like 2014, 2015, um, or whenever you got the the page started up <laughs> on Instagram, and uh, and then I'm pretty sure it was at that that Total Archery Challenge that we met. Yeah, I was trying to remember because uh, I'd known you when I came down for the road trip. I already knew you, and we talked. Um, but yeah, it must have been it must have been total archery challenge, and that was like that was before my was that yeah that would have been before my first elk hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was still I was ramping up. Uh, yep. I was also shooting three hundred spine arrows on a forty pound bow because bear <laughs> sent me the wrong limbs, and yeah. I didn't realize it. <laughs> um, that's a whole different story. But um, yeah, man. Gosh, that seems like it's hard to believe that was only two years ago. It seems like it feels like it's been a really long time. I was looking at, at I was actually the other day I was looking at pictures from Total Archery Challenge and I was like, "Dang, that's been a minute." And then I looked at the date stamp and I was like, "Oh, it really has not been that long ago." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. Um, I I haven't I haven't gone the past couple of years, but I just remember I. I love those events. Like the shooting's great, you know. It's the training's awesome for being in in those hunting situations mm-hmm. and you know putting yourself in somewhat stressful situations where you're expecting to break some carbon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, I just the camaraderie and meeting everyone at those events and it's just being around those like-minded people, especially for someone like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in a better situation now, but. Uh, I just was, I was on cloud nine that whole time. My buddy was making fun of me because all my stories were like me just, uh, he's like, dude, you looked like you were like high on something. <laughs> he's like, you were just like, man, everything's so amazing. Dude, I feel you. I feel you for sure. It's, uh, so I've only lived in, in the Denver area for probably like just about two years now. And, uh, I moved from a smaller town and everybody hunted in that town. So, you know, there, 
everybody was like-minded I could talk to them about hunting and stuff. And since I've moved to Denver, it's, you know, I work at No Limits. So workplace, awesome to talk hunting. Anywhere out of the workplace, everybody's like, looks at me like I've got a third eye or something. They're like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And so, I mean, it's a little different. And that's why I'm really, really grateful for the job that I have because uh, keeps me sane in, in the Denver metro area. <laughs> that's, one of the, that's one of the funny things about, about the job is uh, when I'm at work, a few people at my work are, they put up with me talking about hunting. Majority of the people have, are either wholly offended by it and just do, or do not want to hear it at all. Um, so it's, that was, that's always been a tough thing. Cause like something exciting will happen or I'll be super pumped about something or I've done something over the weekend and, you know, people will be talking about their weekends, whatever. And I'll kind of like, I, I don't know. I have to be careful who yeah. I bring it up around, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't try and play down what I do, you know, I'm proud of hunting and, and all of that. And I, I try and be as the best ambassador I can of that, but it's, uh, some, some people, it's just going to turn into a fight and you don't want that. Yeah, man. I, uh, I got my first Instagram hater the other day and I was like, oh, oh sweet. <laughs> and, uh, but it, it was on the picture that I posted of, uh, me and my buddy Caleb, he shot a bear, it's probably been two weeks ago now, uh, maybe even three up in Alaska. I went up there for a bear hunt, uh, got Caleb's shot on video, super cool. I didn't end up taking a bear home, but, um, you know, super fun trip. And this guy, he commented, and he was like, do you murder animals for fun? And I was like, well, I'm going to start off with two things. Number one, that bear wasn't murdered. Number two, it, it wasn't for fun. It was for food. Obviously, yes, you know, hunting is a very fun thing. So I'm not just going to be like, oh, no, I don't have any fun doing that because I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. Yeah. But I was like, and, and I explained to him, I was like, yeah, we eat the bear. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. I was like, okay, well, don't come out and, you know, say, oh, you're a murderer before you even know anything on the subject. Yeah. So I was kind of like... Hey, got a hater. I'm doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna come out guns blazing without knowing what's going on. It's I don't know. Bears are one of those things uh, that just it's definitely one of those animals that people get very very sensitive about. Like yes, sir. I feel like deer, deer and elk and stuff. People are kind of expect you to hunt those. You know, mm-hmm. it's always you know even if they're opposed to hunting, they give you a bit more of a pass with that. But yeah, the second you know, something like a bear comes out. Um, I mean, you know, I've probably all heard it before the hierarchy of yeah uh, of <laughs> animal offensiveness. When you, yep, it's yeah, like, it okay. was. It it, it kind of shocked me a little bit because I mean, like even like some kids that I knew from school and stuff, like they text me and I put a picture on my story that um, you know it was kind of on the border. I had uh, Caleb's bear, half of it in the pack. And the other half was just up on my shoulders because the hill that we were on was mm-hmm. too steep to quarter that animal out. And so we needed to, we just gutted it out right there and didn't post any pictures of that or anything. It was all clean. There was no blood, but, um, I had half of that bear on my shoulders and, uh, I took a picture and Caleb took a picture of me and, uh, I put that on my Instagram story and I had like six or seven kids that I knew from school. They were like, you're disgusting. And I was like, I was like, why when I post pictures of deer and elk that I've 
taken. It, am I totally fine? But I post a picture of a bear. It, it, why is that any different? And people were like, oh, well, it's it's more normal to shoot deer. And I was like, just because it's it's more normal doesn't mean that it's, like, any more okay. Like, it's it's okay yeah. to, to harvest a bear. Well, why is it more normal? Is it, like, what makes, what makes harvesting a deer more nor- more normal than harvesting a bear is it a, a, like i i couldn't tell you i could not give you i mean other than just saying like okay that's what everyone hunts in the movies mm-hmm. yeah um like in my and and even as hunters i think we get in that mindset a little bit to where there's like okay these are like the regular hunts and yeah. then these are like the other hunts yeah. kind of a thing uh-huh. um and I, you know, I think it has to do with their, our conditioning. You know how we, what what we were brought up with, and everyone's got a different story. And I imagine that there's people out there that are that think hunting deer is weird, and oh, like I guarantee it, hunting hunting bear is completely normal or something like that, just based on where they're from and what they grew up doing. But so tell me, uh, tell me about this bear a little more about the bear hunt. Well, uh, it was kind of. A spur of the moment thing we uh i was gonna go to alaska regardless um but we kind of decided i was like well you know like we went fishing last year i was like let's go let's go bear hunting this year because that's the only season that's open right now and uh you know i'm i'm trying to get more more archery kills under my belt and i was like this will be a perfect opportunity for me and uh i'm gonna catch a lot of flack for this but i the, the very first day that i got there uh, we basically dropped the stuff at the house and we just planned to go scouting and I didn't have my tag yet. We were just going to, you know, buy, it's like an over the counter tag here in Colorado. You just go down to Walmart, Bass mm-hmm. Pro Shops, whatever, pick up your tag. And, um, and so we were going to do that. It would have taken us about an extra hour, hour and a half to go get my tag. And, uh, and I mean, everybody's going to say, Oh, it doesn't get dark in Alaska, <laughs> but, um, I, uh, we just planned to do a scouting trip that night, and um, I told Caleb, I was like, bring your bow just in case. And uh, so I brought the camera, he he brought the bow, and it's about a three-mile hike with about, I want to say it was like 2,500 vertical feet of elevation gain. Um, and so you get right to tree line, and uh, we're sitting there glassing. We were glassing for probably 30, 45 minutes, and... Um, we were glassing the north-facing slope, um, which, from all the other podcasts I've listened to, is not conducive to <laughs> spring black bear hunting. But um, we, on that hillside, we had found uh, five moose, and we saw four brown bears. We were hunting over a giant lake, and there was four four brown bears that came out on onto the beach, and two of them were, were really, really big brown bears. Uh, and so, you know, we were just having a good time glassing and... Uh, and I, we decided about 9.30 um, we were going to pack up and get headed back so, you know, we could come back early in the morning. Um, and Caleb was like, I'm just going to walk down here uh, just to the bottom of the point we were glassing from. I was like, okay. And by that time, it was probably like 9.45. Mm-hmm. And so I was already packing stuff up. We were not being quiet. Um, <laughs> and and Caleb walks walks down and he glasses um, up to the left of us. And he goes, Justice, there's a bear, there's a bear. I was like, what? And he's like, come down here. There's a bear. <laughs> so I walked down and uh, I look over and about 500 yards um, east of us, um, 
sure enough, there's there's a black bear just milling around e- eating grass and everything. And I was like, well, freaking get your bow. Let's go kill this thing. And so Caleb packs up his bow and um, to the top of the trail, the very top of it was probably another 200 yards. And so we get to the top and um, we stop, make sure we can still see the bear. Bear's still feeding and everything. And so um, we made sure it was calm, made sure our wind was good. The wind was blowing straight from that bear into our faces. So, I mean, setup was money. And we got about 60, 70 yards above, above the bear on the hill and uh, just side-hilled the rest of the way and we got to where the bear was and um the the route that we took it took us it took the bear out of our view so we Mm -hmm. couldn't see it for a minute we got there and we can't see the bear at all we're like we should be able to see the bear right now so we sit there for probably like five minutes and you know we're breathing heavy we just hoofed it (laughs) on a super super steep hill and uh we look back to where we were sitting and that bear is no more than 100 yards from where we were and we look at each other and we both just like gave each other that look of like, wow, that's, that's, that's how it works, you know? <laughs> With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And so we, uh, we hoofed it right back across the mountain, back to, uh, to where we were. And I mean, it, it's only 500 yards. It's not super far, but as thick and as steep as this hillside we were on, it, 500 yards felt like a freaking mile on, yeah. on flat land. And uh, so we get over there. And we get to the very top of the trail, and I range the bear, and it's 132 yards. And I was like, okay, perfect. He's feeding up the hill. We walk another 15, 20 yards to to our west, um, so the right of us, and and we'll be right above that bear. He'll he'll come right up out of, in front of us, and um, so we get over there, and it, it was the spot that the bear was at was so thick at that point like we could not see it at all we could hear the bear sniffing we were within 40 yards of that bear for i want to say like 25 minutes and just could hear it like you could hear him grazing sniffing and everything and uh but it was so thick we couldn't see him and we just sat there like well i guess we just have to wait until the bear walks out and uh we decided we were going to walk back up the hill just a little, little bit. And uh, we walk back up the hill. And as soon as we get there, that bear fed right out of the trees onto the <laughs> open hillside. I was like, oh, this is money. And we we're, were on a hiking trail. Um, and that bear was 40 yards off the trail and just sitting there. And a second bear walks out behind it. And we were like, oh, my gosh, there's two bears. And uh, the first one was not not a big bear by any means. Year, yearling boar, um, mm-hmm. super pretty bear. He had a completely black face, um, and the wind was blowing, you know, still sh- straight into our faces. They couldn't smell us or anything, and um, so we just watched them for a minute at, at forty and. The spot they were at, people are probably going to be like, oh, why didn't you shoot them right there? Uh, The spot they were at, their vitals were were covered, and they were just munching on grass, so we sat there, and uh, 
those bears started working their way across the hill, and one of the uh, bigger of the two bears came into an opening. Caleb was like, "Stop it! Stop it!" And so I just like I didn't know what that was my first bear. bear. So I just yeah, try the old uh, Henry Ferguson butt call, but for bears, just hey bear, bear, bear. (laughs) But uh, I just kind of did like you know if. Anybody's ever coyote hunted um, that's listening, you'd try kissing in coyotes if they're within, you know, 100, 150 yards. So I just tried to do a little kiss thing. And that bear looked at me, and I was like, oh, did I just screw this? And he just kept walking, did not care Hmm. at all. And uh, he walked probably 15, 20 yards, and his vitals are still covered. And at this point, the bears, they're 60, 65 yards. And... uh, Caleb started, you know, just kind of sneaking his way down, and um, we got, the bears got to a point where they were feeding, we we basically walked into 30 yards, like, I would not even call it a stock, those bears <laughs> did not care that we were there, we walked into 30 yards, and um, Caleb ranged it, I started recording, and um, the the smaller of the two bears was about probably 50 yards up the hill and that uh the bear that caleb shot he ranged at 29 yards and i was about 10 yards behind him and uh bears just grazing and i got it was probably solid three three and a half minutes of video um just of the whole entire you know you know from when yeah. caleb drew um to to when that bear was finally dead and uh caleb dropped back that bear took Oh, like two, three steps out from behind this bush where you can see his vitals, and Caleb just pinwheels it. Nice. And uh, that bear did, the bear did not death moan. Um, A lot of bears, you know, when they, when they get hit with a bow, they'll, they'll do a death moan Mm -hmm. um, once they lay down. And that bear, like, growled when that arrow hit him, and it was super loud. <laughs> scared yeah. the crap out of me. I just had a camera, so I was like, oh, don't eat me. Did you guys have a sidearm at all or anything? Um, we, that time, we only had uh, bear spray, and I had the bear spray. So if it would have went into Caleb, he would have been Jeez. screwed because he was in front of me. And um, <laughs> Sorry, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, every other hunt from then on, we both carried 10 millimeters on us. Um because there are some giant, giant brown bears in Alaska. Um, but that bear took off into a little patch of uh, sapling birch trees and laid down in there. It was more of a, a like a jump into there, really, and uh, and then started rolling down the hill, and it got about halfway down the hill and stopped. It hung up on a, on a bush, and I was super, super happy because it would have sucked to pack that bear out <laughs> from the bottom. And, I mean, it already sucked when we did pack it out, but I, I got super cool video, so I was super stoked about that, super happy for Caleb. And then we, uh, I want to say I was there for another seven days, I think. We saw one more bear the whole entire trip, and it was actually that little bear that um, that we had seen the first time. And, I mean, it was a legal bear. Um, so I, uh, we saw, and it same spot that Caleb had killed his bear, maybe another 200 yards further down the hill. And I, uh, Caleb and I talked for a minute and I was like, you know, like I spent all, all of the money on that trip for, for the tag, um, minus like 50 bucks was, um, 
I spent, and I was like, I'm only 17. That's a lot of money for me. It ended up costing me like 650 bucks. Um, and I'm lucky because I don't have to pay room and board up there because yeah. I just crash at Caleb's. But um, I was like, you know, my goal is to leave with a bear on this trip. And uh, we got to 107 of that bear. Caleb Range, he said 107. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm confident shooting out to – on a bear, I would shoot out to 80 yards. And, and Granted, I would love to get closer than that. I would much rather take a 20-yard shot than a 60- or 70-yard yeah. shot. And so uh, I was like, if we can get to 70, 75, I'll, I'll shoot it. And um, so we got – we walked another maybe two feet. Bear bear couldn't see us, and I felt a big old gust of wind at my uh. back. And that bear looked right at us and with, like, no hesitation just took off barreling through the trees. And it was like one of those things, you know, you just, your heart sinks down into your stomach. And uh, I was super bummed. I was like, you know, there's a lot of bears in Alaska. Chances are I'm probably going to get another chance at a bear. But I, I was bummed because... It did. It did not work out at all. Like Caleb's bear, so I, uh, I was bummed. But I mean, it was it was a super good learning experience. Um, the whole trip was phenomenal. We sat bait after that, um, and I think it was just a little a little too early. My trip was just a little too early. If I would have gone a week later, um, Caleb sends me pictures every single day and just kind of taunts me because there are so many bears hitting the bait now, and uh, I just planned my trip. Just week, week or two early, and just I mean, look at the draw. You know what are you gonna do? You plan it a week later, and you'll be you'll, the week before. You know you'll be getting exactly. pictures from him. Exactly. It's how it always seems to be. It's like it's always a l- grass is always greener. Yeah. You know the week before. Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no man, bear hunting like especially in Alaskan bear hunt like black bears. I've always thought are, are really cool, but like my dream hunt is an Alaskan brown bear hunt. That like so sweet. It's like it's also terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Like the thought that I would con- whatsoever consider doing that. You know, that's the dream hunt with my bow right there. But yeah, I, I really want to. Uh, I really would like to get a black bear this year. It's one of the bummers about California. We have no spring bear season. Um, I did a little bit. I went out once with a buddy of mine, uh, Jace. Uh, he lives um, lives about half an hour from me, and uh, he's got a couple of bear spots. And we went and checked them out, and didn't really see anything. Um, and the weather—it was uh, right after the, a lot of the Southern California fires, and so where we were hunting, all the smoke had blown in, and it had mostly cleared out everywhere else, but it had like settled in these canyons, so. We did some glassing, and then we go and we're like trying to glass this uh, this one canyon, and all the smoke had just settled right in there, so you couldn't see crap. And we're like, yeah. "Well, okay, darn." Uh, but the wind was blowing, so like it'll clear out. The next day, giant fog rolls in <laughs> all day long, and it starts raining, and we're like, we're just like miserable in the rain, and so like, and I think we're gonna call this weekend hunt. Yeah. Um, I think that was right before Thanksgiving that we did that, like. I think the next day may have been Thanksgiving or something like that, but I don't know, man. Something about hunting bears to me is just like the the ultimate thing yeah, for dude, me. It's so like I had ne- I last year when I went up to Alaska, we didn't see any brown bears. Um, I saw like eight black bears, but no brown bears. And uh, I said to Caleb when we were sitting there glassing, I was like, honestly, if I see 
one if I only see one animal this whole entire trip, I want it to be a brown bear. <laughs> and um and we're sitting there glassing and he goes, "Dude, there's a bear on the beach." And I was like, "Well, let's go kill it." Cuz he didn't say there's a brown bear on the beach. Yeah. So I'm thinking, "Oh, there's a black bear on the beach." And uh, he goes, no, it's a brown bear. And I was like, you're joking. And he's like, no, for real. So I looked down on the beach and glassing it. And sure enough, there's there's a brown bear on the beach. And uh, and then another one fed out behind it. And, um, and then about probably half an hour later, there was there was a probably, he's probably a 10-foot brown bear. Like a giant, giant bear walked out onto the beach, just big old boar. And, you know, he had that giant hump. And you could see when he walked, he kind of was pigeon-toed up front. You could just see his whole body shake. And we were glassing him from, like, a mile and a half away, and he still looked giant. <laughs> oh, man. I Yeah. I don't know. There's something about hunting something that can easily hunt you back. Oh, my gosh. So easy. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, bears are – I – you know, going into the hunt, I was kind of like, okay, you know, a, a bear can kill you, so you need to – um, like, you know, prepare yourself to, so if you get into a sticky situation, you can yeah. defend yourself. And then, uh, like I was telling you earlier, when, uh, when we were cleaning out the skull of Caleb's bear, the, the jaw muscle, um, when we were cutting that off was so incredibly thick <laughs> for even a, a smaller black bear, yeah. Caleb, the bear Caleb killed, it wasn't giant, you know, awesome first bear, especially with a bow, um, but, I mean, that just, like, made me realize how much power th- those animals actually have. Yeah. So, you imagine that on a 1,000-pound brown bear? You literally quadruple the size of that black bear. It's just, it's unreal. It's hard to, unless, like, unless you actually, like, come across one, like, it's just, it's even hard to picture an animal that, mm-hmm. you know, like that powerful that massive you know it's whatever you know you can think about an elephant you saw at the zoo but it's just it's it's different it's different um yeah one of these days one of these days i'll get a get a bear under my belt and that'll uh oh and then i'll just want another bigger one me and you both me and you both (laughs) (laughs) i know i talked uh i had on the podcast uh doug bows he uh he has a book, uh, "The Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting." If you if you don't if you've never read it, it is super good. I mean, you can pick it up on Amazon wherever, but it is uh, it's like the handbook for black bears. And he talks a lot too about uh, he's a big advocate of predator calling for bears, like mm-hmm. you were doing the um, like for the coyote call. Yeah, um, I mean it's the same thing. He'll he'll take his he'll take his predator calls out with him, and he will. He call, uh, uses uses that to bring bears in those last few yards. Like he's he's had bears sneak in on him all the time. Like turned around, gets real surprised like by a few. Um, but yeah, man, you want to get you want to get him bear bearing close. That's one. That's a, definitely a way to do it without bait for sure. Yeah. So you uh, you do visit uh, Caleb up in Alaska often. Yeah. How yeah. often are you up there? Um, I go once a year. This is my second year. Um, and then next year I'm going to go, I'm going to go again, but it's going to be a lot longer trip, which I'm super excited for because I'll have a lot more time to actually kill a bear next year. Um, so I'll be there, you know, during the best part of the season. Uh, so my hopes are a lot higher for next year. Um, yeah, but I mean, Caleb and I grew up together in, in Western Colorado. Uh, you know, we, uh, anybody that 
that knows me knows that me and Caleb are, are super good friends. Um, he's more like a brother than, than a friend. And so we, uh, you know, we, we make trips and it just gives me an awesome excuse to go to the coolest freaking place on planet earth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've considered, I've, I've very much considered, uh, I'm like, well, you know, if I, if I can get a decent internet connection up there, uh, I, I can technically <laughs> yep. live anywhere. Heck yeah. Um, somehow I don't think my, uh, my office would highly appreciate me cause they, uh, you know, they, they'll pay for me to drive down for meetings, whatever, you know, cause technically my office is at home now and anything else is, is travel for work and Somehow I don't think it would fly if they had to fly me in from Alaska, though. I don't think – I think an accommodation would have to be made at some point with that, so I don't think I could get away with that. But Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So tell me about uh, Rocky Mountain Ramblers. You okay. Caleb? So uh, that is, that's kind of, uh, it's an Instagram page that Caleb and I run. Um, and we've ran it for probably mm, two years now. I think we started it right um, right before we went to Total Archery Challenge in 2017. Um, and, you know, that's basically it's like a, a mutual page for me and Caleb. Uh, and we put all of our hunting travel pictures on there. Uh, and, you know, we've tried to get more into, uh, you know, try to make a little bit of money off it, started making shirts. Uh, and I'm, I'm still looking for a good shirt company because like I've tried three so far <laughs> and they're all super iffy. The, the logo, and, and the design always comes out looking good, but the shirt isn't just the highest quality. And uh, so we've been, you know, it's it's been a, a trial and error thing. Remind me after the fact. I can suggest. I haven't I haven't gotten shirts made with them yet, uh, but they've done all my hats, and they're quality company. I know a lot of guys in the industry use them. So remind me after the podcast, and I'll rec- I'll uh, give you their website. But uh, so yeah. <laughs> So you work here at uh, No Limits Archery. Um, so what's Phil really like? I mean, um. I've heard about the nose picking. <laughs> um, I've heard about the the giant profanity-laced uh, sessions uh, where he yeah, verbally it's, berates it's you all. He, he kind of, I cry myself to sleep at night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, Phil is Phil's the best boss that anybody could ask for. Everybody that works here at No Limits is, is phenomenal. Um, and I mean, it is one of the best jobs I could have as a 17 year old kid. Um, especially as much as I love archery because it gives me an opportunity to be hands on with, with literally everything, um, that that's archery related. And so, you know, I have guys come in with, with trad bows and, you know, we're, we're more a compound based shop, but, um, guys come in with compounds, trad bows, crossbows and, and I, I learn so, so, so much and, and I really appreciate, you know, all, all the guys that I work with. Um, and I mean, Phil, he's, 
super, super busy, but he still finds time to inspire and help so, so many people. Uh, you know, he puts on the, the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge, and if if that's something that, um, if you're listening to the podcast, if you haven't done that or looked it up, um, look up the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge. It is one of the uh, it, it, the best bow hunting competitions to uh, you know simulate a hunting situation and bow especially bow theory here at the shop he uh, he's like my big brother yeah uh, <laughs> you know is super super kind caring he'll show me the ropes but then if I uh, if I slack off at all he's he's sure he's sure <laughs> to let me know yeah no uh, bow uh, bow was the one I think that helped me out when I blew up my uh blew up my uh bow last year um anybody that's been listening to the podcast uh since those got released knows that story if not uh feel free to go back and listen to the episode i did with either the brian horton and the fit for the hunt guys or aaron and frank that is discussed on both episodes um but yeah, also make sure you're, I'll I'll link to it in uh, in on the show notes page. But make sure you go check out the episode I did here last year. Um, we talked a lot about alpha bow hunting, the classes, and uh, and the competition. Um, I still want to come in. I want to find a time to come in for a weekend and take one of the one of the courses and and really sit in. Um, one of these days I'll do it yeah. when I'm not. Uh, when I have such a thing as free time, but we'll see. Um, so what's, uh, you're saying you got a, a few, a uh, few archery hunts on the docket for this year. Yeah. So I, uh, I drew three of the four tags I applied for in Colorado. Um, I drew the same deer tag I had last year. I killed a pretty good buck on that tag last year. Um, so hoping I can put another good one on the ground this year um i also drew an elk tag in the same unit and um i think i had four preference points um when i applied for that tag not a super hard tag to get but me and uh my buddy that i hunted with on that deer hunt last year we saw the smallest well second smallest bull i guess that we saw was like a 310 bull um and we saw four five three thirty three forty three fifty bulls and um and that wasn't even looking for them uh and so i was like okay you know i'm i'm going off i'm going into my senior year of high school so i was like this is like really the last archery season that i get to to hunt really really hard um Mm -hmm. before i go you know off to college and everything um and so i was like i'm just gonna cash in my points because we saw a ton of elk um so drew that tag and then i also drew um a bighorn sheep tag and it, it's a U tag, so I mean, it's not the not the one that everybody is is applying <laughs> for, hoping for. But um, you know, I, I decided in in my lifetime, I want to get the Super Ten with a bow, um, preferably before the age of thirty. And um, uh, I mean, have you had Lincoln Tap on the podcast? Yeah, he's yeah. been on the podcast. Uh, so he. Uh, I saw him when I was, you know, 14, 15. I was like, oh, this kid is, like, doing exactly what I want to do. And um, so I decided um, I was kind of going to go the easier, cheaper route and apply for a (laughs) U-tag instead of a RAM tag where I could either spend $60,000 to go to Canada, shoot a a stone sheep, um, 
or I could pay $250 and shoot a U in Colorado. Um, and so, I mean, that was, those are the three tags that I've got, and then I'll probably do over-the-counter archery antelope, too. So my August-September is going to be super, super busy. But I'm, I'm feeling good about those hunts, so hopefully I, hopefully I put some stuff on the ground. No, I'm with you. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out the order of my season right now. We were talking earlier. You know, I've got my kind of. I mean, my basically guaranteed draw California tags, and um, you know, I've got uh, I've got Montana, and I'm planning on. I've basically I've got offers for both Idaho and Colorado, so I'm like, I got to figure out what I can afford to do time wise, money wise, and what order I'm going to do all this in. Um, but I have a good feeling about this year. I think this is going to be my year for an elk, finally. I don't care if it's a cow. I don't care if it's a bull. I mean, obviously I'd like a bull. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's whatever I end up doing. That I have a feeling I'll probably go hit up Idaho and kind of do whatever uh, whatever I see first hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take a cow if I can. Um, I've got to look. I forget if those over-the-counter tags are either sex I think they are. I don't Idaho, know. I don't. I don't know Idaho's regulations. <laughs> I just, it's been so long since I've. I haven't looked at them, you know, for two years. So I, I'd have to look. But, um, but yeah, basically, I'll probably do. If that's either sex, I'd probably do that first. You know, go take a cow, whatever I can take mm-hmm. there, and then for my Montana tag, be able to go enjoy that. You know, get through archery season on the the draw tag I have and if I don't get anything then go back out for the rest of the year just however often I can and hopefully shoot something with some uh some horns on its head yeah dude we'll it's it's good just to get get experience under the belt you know get get as many kills as you can um i mean like you take you take guys like like Aaron Snyder um Phil here at the shop um like They've both killed a, a plethora of animals, and I mean, y- you hear them tell stories about when they were my age, and they're, you know, they miss animals. You, you know, there's missed opportunities, but because they kept hunting so hard and, and just soaking mm-hmm. up all the knowledge they could, now they are some of those great sources of knowledge in the industry. That and they both kill multiple animals a year because I mean they're just freaking assassins now. Yeah. Well, and it's I've I've gotten used to having meat in the freezer. Like right now, I'm being kind of stingy with it still, because it's I've got enough to where I can have some several good meals left. But uh, um, I want to get to the point where I'm not where I'm not really thinking about the meat in the freezer anymore. Yeah. Like where I'm I'm like not worried about that, and I can be a little bit more picky. But it, I just I've started really enjoying cooking that wild game, and so I'm getting. I'm kind of I'm kind of like all right. I gotta get something. I gotta get a decent something decent in the yeah. freezer this year, and then I can I can play around. But um, as we're winding down here, uh, you know, say somebody comes into the shop. I'm sure you get this all the time. You know, uh, somebody's like, hey, you know, I, I was thinking about I want to get into hunting. You know, whether it's rifle, whether it's bow, whatever it is. You know, I'm thinking about getting into hunting, but I just don't know if I have the background from it. Maybe there's someone like me that's just wasn't raised in it or is from the city, doesn't feel like they have the resources. Um, what would you tell someone like that? What advice or like words of encouragement would you give somebody that feels like it may be beyond their reach? Um, I would say, you know, if you're like a little, a little nervous, not nervous per se, but, um, 
you know, just not, you're not sure if you're ready or have the, the background in it. Um, you have to start somewhere. So if it's something that you want to do, just pick up a book, read about it, you know, DM some guys on Instagram, ask all the questions you can. And don't be afraid to ask questions because, I mean, I've been hunting since I could walk and I still have so many questions. Um, and so, I mean, it's it's just ask questions. Um, you know, 99% of the people in the outdoor industry are phenomenal people that are willing to share their, their knowledge with you. Um, so, I mean, just ask questions and then... Um, you know, go into your local pro shop. Like, if you're in the Denver area, come into No Limits. If you have any questions, we can help you answer them. Give us a call. Um, or if you're not in the Denver area, you know, whatever your local pro shop is, give them a call. Go in. Ask questions. Ask a lot, a lot of questions. And uh, and then, you know, slowly you'll start to build up your knowledge base. And then... Um, before you know it, you're gonna have you're gonna have that background, and you're gonna be out, you know, shooting everything under the sun, having a good time. <laughs> I tell you, if there's one thing hunters love talking about, it's hunting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I mean, some you know, sometimes yeah, it it can get like if you're busy and you know you're trying to get stuff done. Sometimes too many questions can get overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But I don't know a lot of a lot of people in the hunting industry or, you know, quote unquote in the hunting industry mm-hmm. that would not, you know, you ask, you w- want to ask them questions about hunting. Obviously, yeah, don't walk and be like, Hey, uh, so where should I go shoot an elk? Yeah. But you know, you, you're asking these general questions about hunting. I don't know anybody that it wouldn't be super stoked to sit down and, and talk because it's like, okay, what do we talk about? when we're not on the podcast, what do we talk about when people aren't asking us questions? Oh, we're talking about hunting. (laughs) Anyway, like (laughs) it's the conversations we'd be having anyway. So might as well have one that helps someone out. So, yeah. All right. If people want to find you and find Rocky mountain ramblers, um, where are they looking? Go on to, uh, Instagram. My personal page is justice. It's spelled J U S T U S underscore, Nielsen, um, that's my personal page, and then the Rocky Mountain Ramblers pages, RM dot Ramblers. Um, go ahead, follow both of those pages, and I'll uh, we'll give you a follow back, and you know, hopefully, there's some interaction there. There we go. I'll make sure to link to those. They can go see Caleb's uh, Black Bear. Yep. And uh, I have no idea when this one will be coming out, but I'll let you know. Sounds good. Thanks for hopping on, yeah, man. Thank you. All right, y'all, that'll do it for episode 107 of Living Country in the City. Big thanks to Justice for hopping on. It was great to sit down and chat with him. Y'all, make sure you head on over to livingcountryinthecity.com slash 107 to check out the show notes page and links to everything we talked about in today's episode. But in the meantime, keep it country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com.